0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 I tell you, we've been preaching uh, on the death of the believer in a series. And uh, for those that may have not been here through that yet, uh, it hasn't been the type of message you'd think. In other words, a lot of wonderful truths. Amen. If you're saved. Uh, when it comes to the death of the believer, what we're talking about is going to heaven, amen? And uh, I tell you, we can't think of anything greater than going to heaven. At least I can't anyway. And uh, I hope and pray that you are saved. Well, these days we are going to meet him, just as Miss Sharon was pre- or singing there. And uh, so I praise the Lord for that. And so we're going to continue on uh, with our series. Uh, Brother Jones preached for you the last couple of Sunday mornings and um, uh, did a wonderful job. I was able to listen to those messages while I was out of town. And, and uh, what, a, what a great young preacher. Uh, but I'm excited about getting back into this, uh, uh, this series of messages. And if you remember last message, well, by the way, we're going to be... First of all, go ahead and turn to the book of uh, John, First John that is, chapter 3. And then turn to Hebrews chapter 2. So 1 John chapter 3 and then Hebrews chapter 2 and kind of hold your place there. And we'll read here in just a moment. Uh, But if you remember last time I preached to you, we uh, we started preaching on the resurrection. I told you I didn't really get through everything I wanted to get through. So I want to kind of finish up that thought. But a new title. And we're still talking about the resurrection of the body. And uh, I'll kind of go over some things a little bit quickly, what we preached on uh, the last time. But uh, the resurrection of the body is the undoing of the devil. Amen. I I tell you, listen, folks, if you're saved today, you might be going through some things, but everything's going to be all right. Amen. And uh, uh, we certainly are called to go through times. I'm not saying we should always be happy. and. And well, we should always be happy, but you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we're going through a difficult time. Sometimes we've suffered loss. Sometimes there, there, there are things going on in life that are not pleasant. We understand that's a part of life. But I want you to understand: if you're saved tonight, that 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 is all going to cease to be someday. Amen. And you're going to everything is going to be all right. And this has a lot to do with our focus on the resurrection uh, of the believer—that is, uh, the body. And uh, part of that we're going to see here, uh, that I think is a great truth, is the undoing of the devil. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, to go ahead and stand with me. And hopefully you found those places. We're going to read from the book of 1 John chapter 3. Uh, go ahead and stand with me if you're physically able and reverence to the Word of God. And we're going to read a few scriptures and then get into the message this morning. Amen. Good singing tonight and just a great, or this morning rather, great spirit. Wonderful Sunday school lesson is read well and just excited. 1 John chapter 3, and just going to read a few things here that uh, we'll understand where our our uh, title comes from. But 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 It says, "...he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning." For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. What does it mean the Son of God was manifested? We know that Jesus Christ has no beginning, amen? Uh, He is eternal uh, past. And so when we're talking about um, the Son of God, that is Jesus being manifested, we're simply saying that there came a time in His existence, that's already happened by the way, that He robed Himself in human flesh. Jesus Christ was manifested, He became a man, a human being in verse uh, goes on to say that he might here's why that he might destroy the works of the devil. I want to remind you we win because God wins. Amen. And so we praise the Lord for that. And now if you will go ahead and turn back to the book of Hebrews chapter 2, chapter 2 beginning with or actually just one verse again, verse 14, we'll read and pray. For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, we're just simply talking about we have human life, he, that would be Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same. Took part of the same means that he became a man. He became a human being. Now notice that through the death he might destroy him that, hath, that had the power of death. And we'll define this a little deeper. Who is that has the power of death? That is the... Devil. I want to say again, the resurrection of the body of believers is certainly the undoing of the devil. And aren't you glad? Amen. Praise the Lord. We could just shout and have invitation right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful news? I don't know what you're going through, but that's wonderful news. Amen. That is wonderful news. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for the blessings of life. And we thank you for the Bible. For in the Bible, Lord, we find the truth. Lord, in a day and age where fear-mongering is going on uh, more than I've ever seen it in my life, Lord, we need the truth of God badly today. So, Father, help us to understand that as believers, we're on the winning side. Father, we may go through some things, Lord. We may suffer uh, maybe even worse than we could imagine. But, Father, there's coming a day when that eastern sky is going to split. And, Father, that resurrection is going to happen and Father, it will certainly be the, the beginning of the end for that devil that has caused so much pain and strife, Father, in, in human lives today. We look forward to that day, Lord, as we learned in Sunday school, we ought to be living that way now. Father, not to allow in this world to condition us to feel or think a certain way, but to allow the truth of the Word of God to, to dwell in us, Lord, and to live accordingly So, Father, help us today as we're reminded of some things of the resurrection of the body. Father, we'll thank you for it. We'll love you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. So our verses, and we've talked about this already in this series of messages, we see that the devil, and just just bear with me for a minute, uh, that the devil does have, for now, certain areas of power and influence. Now, it's only because God allows him to, Uh, and at this moment, and again, just just hold on, don't don't get panicked here, I I don't want to say this, but I want to explain what I mean. At this moment, he does have uh, what we would call power of death over the bodies of men. Now, I'm not saying that the devil can just kill you if he wants to, but what I'm simply saying is, doctrinally speaking, because of sin, man now dies physically. Amen? I mean, that's why we die. That's why Adam and Eve died. When when God told them not to eat... Uh, the, 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 the fruit of the tree, if you remember. He says, Thou shalt die. And that's a twofold death. Of course, the, the physical death, but also spiritual death as well. So that's what we mean by the power of death. And even more importantly, if somebody dies without accepting Jesus Christ on this side of eternity, that, that individual will die spiritually uh, as well. And this is a result of the work of the devil. So that's what I mean by he has the power of death, if you will. And 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 this is the very reason, as we read in both of our scripture readings, this is the very reason that Jesus Christ came to this earth. Not, I mean, he, he was still God, Amen. But he came as a man, more specifically. He came as a man uh, again in the flesh, that he might and and he will, uh, and he certainly has has done it in many ways. Completely destroy, completely now destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Yes, death still reigns. People are still physically dying. Unfortunately, people are spiritually dying as well. But there's going to come a time when the works of the devil will be completely destroyed. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, Praise the Lord for that. And certainly, even now, the devil's been beaten in many ways. There's no doubt about that. Hey, if you're saved this morning, you are a great example of that. Amen. And the devil, the devil can't touch you anymore, amen? Uh, as far as your salvation goes, amen, we believe that once a man is born again, we're born again forever, amen? Uh, and so, again, these are things that, that happen because of what Christ has already done. The devil's certainly been beaten in many ways because man, I believe, by the way, whosoever, amen, whosoever can be saved and escape the penalty of death. Uh, of course, we're talking about spending eternity in hell. Uh, by the way, this verse is often misunderstood. A lot of people tie it in with physical healing, but First Peter said in First Peter two twenty four, "By whose stripes we are healed." He's talking about being saved. Amen. <laughs> in other words, we we don't have that that uh, uh, sin uh, that 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 penalty of, of of hell on our life anymore. And as we read there in Hebrews chapter two verse fourteen. Uh, that because fallen human beings are flesh and blood, Jesus became flesh and blood, that is, He took part in the same. And so, again, folks, these, this is why doctrine is so important. Amen? I'm afraid a lot of churches are getting away from teaching and preaching doctrine, and I think that's why we see a lot of the sensationalism and emotionalism that's mixed up with God moving, and I tell you, folks, we need the truth. Amen? because these, these are exciting things, and certainly that will bring some excitement and, and cause our emotions to be excited. But, but again, we need doctrine, we need the truth, and this is a doctrinal truth because uh, the, 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 the death of Jesus Christ destroys the power of death. Again, that is the devil, and for that we can shout hallelujah this morning. Now, in our last message, we saw... Uh, the significance of man's resurrection being connected to Christ's own resurrection. And I think that's another important doctrinal truth that helps us to understand some things. That that, you know, hey, listen, it matters what we believe concerning the resurrection of man. Amen. Because there's some people that say, well, I believe this about the resurrection, but I don't believe this about the resurrection. Hey, we need we need the whole counsel of God this morning, amen. And I'm afraid that we've kind of we've kind of passed over what the resurrection of the body really means. Most will say they believe in it, but we spent a lot of time talking about that. not going to re-preach it, but because it has been a couple weeks, I just want to remind us, some, remind us of some things. And so we saw the significance of man's resurrection being connected to even Christ's own resurrection. Another Christ's resurrection, if you remember, was the first fruits. And we went to the Old Testament and looked at that. But Christ's resurrection was the first fruit of all other resurrections. That is, the believer's resurrection. The resurrection of uh, uh, of Christ and of believers is firmly connected. It's it's inseparable. The two have to go together. Amen. Not not separately. And if Christ listen, if Christ did not rise from the grave, then neither would anybody rise from the grave. But even so, even on the other side of that, if believers do not bodily rise from the dead, then neither did Christ. Amen. So that's why it's doctrinally important that we understand these things. And you say, well, why is that so important? Because now we understand that, hey, if I'm truly saved today, I do not need to fear death, amen? If I'm truly saved today, I don't need to keep death at arm's length, which we've talked about that, haven't we? And I know that made a lot of people uncomfortable. But but again, we need this because, again, the, the undoing of the devil is is, I believe, imminent. I, I believe that it's something that we need to get a hold of, and it ought to, it ought to change our lives. And in, in many ways, we've seen that it hasn't. And, and again, for that reason of itself, I believe that we're not, and, and I may get back into this a little bit, I don't know, but, but you know, I think about how uh, funerals and you know, memorial services are looked at today, and hey, listen, folks, I think it's just as a result because we, we have kept death at arm's length. And as a believer, we need not do that, amen. I, I've said this several times, and it's, it's not, it hasn't originated for me. I, I don't remember who said it first. Uh, I think, I don't remember who, I hate to say, but, but it's, it's, it's from days gone by. But it's certainly true that for the believer now, the day of our death will be the greatest day of our life. Because that's the day we literally meet Jesus. This isn't a pie-in-the-sky dream, folks. We're talking about standing before the Savior someday. Is that real to you this morning? Because if it's not, there may be some things you don't understand about the resurrection. There may be some things you don't understand about death. Uh, and, and certainly that will have a, an effect on the way you see things. You need some good doctrinal teaching to, to understand some things. Now, as of yet, you know, the, the undoing of the devil is, is imminent uh, it's going to happen, uh, but until the resurrection of the believers, complete victory from the devil, it still tarries. I think we would all uh, agree with that. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. There's going to come a time when, when death will <laughs> reign no more, amen? We look forward to that. So, the resurrection of man. Listen, will will kick off, if you will, the final undoing of the devil, but before... But first, you know, before all this, this corruptible body of ours must put on incorruption. And again, I'm kind of hashing over some things again because it's been a couple of weeks. Again, we think of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, this mortal must put on immortality. That We're talking about the body. Then we can sing, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? Remember we talked about that? O grave, where is thy victory? Praise the Lord. That day is coming. And so, so I want us to see from the Bible this wonderful truth, again, in more detail, why the resurrection of believers, why your resurrection is so vital and so important. And first of all, I want to talk about the, 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 the body of man. God places a high value on the body of man. I want to say that again. God places a high value on the body of man. And let me explain. I have it on my notes, you just listen. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, many of us may know this, Paul would say, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? And he goes on to say, and ye, and you are not your own. How many times, but it's my body, I can do what I want with it. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's God's body, Amen. Especially if you're saved. Hey, listen, that's God's body. Think about it. If, if you know, Here's the thing. Most men would probably identify with this. But why, what is it about a lot of men, this, maybe not so much today, but I know growing up as a teenager, you'd be driving by an old hayfield somewhere, and, and you see this old rust bucket just rusted plumb off the frame. Okay, I mean, this thing is junk. Probably do not even have a motor in it. And you look at that, but because the, that body style is the body style you like, Amen, men. You know, we all have our favorite year, right? And, and, and uh, I'm kind of in the early 70s myself. But, but, but again, we see that and we go, boy. You know, we get out and wade through ticks and everything else. We go out there and look at this. I mean, this thing, is, this thing is junk. And we're like, wow, I could really make something of that, you know. And then we get it, and then it sits in our garage for 20 years, and then we haul it off. But, but you know, that's, that's, that's how we operate, right? Boy, we can make something out of that. It's, it's valuable to us, right? And maybe you've been through that. Maybe you're going through that right now. I don't know. But uh, some of your wives are going. (laughs) But think about this. When we think about our bodies today, even as they are, if God indwells the body that's now in its very weakened condition, then we'd have to say that God must really put value on the body of man, right? He sees value in there. God comes inside. That is, God the Holy Spirit to indwell the believer. By the way, the moment we're saved, amen? And so, by the way, when it comes to our body, and I know we're getting away from some things that that I believe are biblical to the hurt uh, of of society, but but this is why we need to to clothe and uh, adorn our bodies as the Bible Bible directs, Amen. That we shouldn't mark it up or cut it up or burn it up, or uh, we must display it. You know, not display it that is immodestly. Why? Because the body is not yours; it's God's temple. Amen. I want to tell you something. Your body is important tonight, today. Amen. So important. We need to, to understand that. It is God's temple. And so we know that God places high value on the body also because God Himself took on a human body. Amen. Again, I have it in my notes, Philippians 2, beginning with verse 6. Who being, talking about Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, listen, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Amen. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Hey, I want you to understand, God places high value on the body for a couple of reasons. One of them is because God Himself took on the human body. Man was recre- created in the image of who? Of God. So that, that says a whole lot. I, I don't know the whole answer to that, but certainly that, that gives us cause to pause and think about some things. We know sin certainly messed all that up to a degree as we go back to the Garden of, of Eden. So, so God, as a result of that, God came in the flesh, came as a man to destroy the works of the devil over man, which reminds us of our title. In one day, listen to me, one day man that is saved... Uh, men, women, boys, and girls will be restored to his original state and standing in God. Woo! Aren't you glad about that? Amen. Boy, I am. And it's, it's not so... Listen, here, here's the thing, and, and I, I say it too, but, but really it's not so much us being delivered from our bodies, it's not that we're delivered from our bodies, but our bodies are being redeemed. Amen. Redeemed by what? By the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Because the reason that's possible is because Jesus came in the flesh. Amen. Redeemed. Amen. And what a wonderful thought that is. So I just want you to understand, doctrinally speaking, God places a high value on the body of man, number two. Man has to have a body to be perfect and complete. You know, we live in a day and age of mysticism. You know, that we think we can be in the trees and in the stars and in the grass and, you know, God is everywhere and God is everywhere. But you understand what I'm saying, that, you know, we just go back to Mother Earth. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, by the way, that's a pagan teaching. Um... We looked again at, I have it here uh, on my notes, 2 Corinthians chapter five. We've already looked at this verse. It says, "For we that are in this tabernacle, we that are in our body do groan, being burdened not for what we would not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life." What does all that mean? Now we know uh, at physical death, the soul of man and the body of man separate temporarily. Uh, Paul would teach us in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 that, that being absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That old tabernacle where God dwelt is, is returns back to the dust and the soul of man, the real you without skin, and goes to be with the Lord, amen. Well, that is seen. I don't know. I don't believe the Bible tells us. I just know that it happens. So Paul's teaching us that, that our our, you know, again, our redeemed body is to be restored at the resurrection. Um, for a time, I believe this is what he's talking about, clothed unclothed. For a time we are unclothed. What that just simply means is that, that we're without a body. Uh, our soul's in heaven. Uh, and boy, it's going to be a glorious experience. I mean, unlike anything that we've ever felt uh, up to that time. But the whole redemption story is not complete, listen to me now, until we get our redeemed body. Hey, Amen. I tell you, this is great stuff. Uh, uh, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be even better, if you will, when we receive our redeemed body, when the natural body, and it's not your natural body, but it's raised a spiritual body as, as we've already looked at. Now, you know, the reason I say that is I think sometimes we have this... Uh, Vision that we're all kind of ghostly-like figures or maybe little chubby babies with bow and arrows. I, I don't know. You know, it just it wears me out sometimes when I hear some of the wordage that people were talking about. Hey, listen, I don't know exactly how it all works out, but you're going to be in heaven someday with a body. Amen. And I want you to understand, this is important doctrinally because it is the final undoing of the devil. That is our, that is our victory. Amen. And it's something we all ought to be Excited about. We're not going to be ghost like figures hovering around, amen. Certainly not going to be doing that. For God, listen, for uh we we will be in a perfect and complete body uh because God made man in the beginning with a body, and he intends for man to always have a body, that is mankind. And man cannot be complete until he has his redeemed or her redeemed body. A body that's delivered from corruption. Now, I go back to what I said earlier. Right now, the devil still has that over us, right? But one day, when the rapture takes place, and the dead in Christ rise from the graves, and those that are alive remain, the final undoing of the devil will commence. Amen. I praise the Lord for that. So man has to have a body to be perfect and complete. I'm almost done. Just got one final thought to prepare for for our last point. I really want you to understand there understand this. There are, again, once again, some very, I believe, important doctrinal truths that can bring us great comfort even now. I I believe one of the main reasons that, that a lot of Christians are struggling today. They're unhappy, they're scared, they're unfaithful, they're bored. I mean, just plug in what, you know, indifference, no fire, no motivation. They can wake up and just at the snap of a finger decide to be faithful or not faithful, you know, just Just whatever, you say. You say, why is that? I think one reason is, is because we're getting away from doctrinal truth. We we don't we're not understanding what the Bible teaches, and these doctrinal truths are powerful. They're supernatural. They change your life. Amen. And and we need this. And again, I you know I'm not trying to upset people or or you know you know I'm, I'm not talking about. You know, uh, I, I love everybody, and you know, you may agree or not agree. It, it doesn't change how I feel about you. But, but again, there are some very important doctrinal truths that, that I believe can bring us great comfort even now. But a lot of us are we're keeping this stuff at arm's length. And when those trials in life come, we, we just don't handle them the way we should. And I'm saying that that's a shame because I think a lot of believers are, are hurting when they don't have to hurt. I think a lot of believers are troubled when they don't need to be troubled. Amen. I believe that. We need the truth of God. Amen. We need preachers to stand up and preach this. And I know sometimes it's not comfortable. And I've already shared what I believe. I believe to be not just spiritually, but certainly emotionally harmful, certain approaches these days concerning the handling, uh, you know, when a lost, uh, you know, not lost, but when a, a loved one dies, if you will, and, and again, we've taken philosophies that are borrowed from pagan practices uh, to try and bring us comfort and inconvenience by, by basically avoiding the thought of death. I just want to stay away from it. I don't want to be reminded of it. I don't want to be faced with it. And I'm just telling you, that is not spiritually good for us, nor is it God's... God's uh, uh, outline for how we handle death, amen? When I say outline, what we find in the Bible. And I'm not going to re-preach all that, but I just want you to remind, be reminded that, that the Bible says a lot of things that, that ought to really bring us comfort concerning death, and there's many of those, but one in particular that I want to focus in, in here on, and, and this is why Bible words, specifically King James Bible words, are so important. So number three, here it is. Believers, after the resurrection of Christ now, we're, we're historically talking here, after Jesus rose from the grave, we're talking about New Testament, after the resurrection of Christ in the New Testament, certainly after he ascended back to heaven, that believers after that point that died, they were, were not referred to as being dead, but being asleep. 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 Jesus, even when he was on earth, he used that wordage as well. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, it's a big difference. Uh, before his resurrection, uh, Jesus often uh, you know, employed the word sleep for those who had died, physically died. He said of the, of, of the little maid there, she is not dead, but sleepeth. He even said of Lazarus, who had been in the grave four days, Lazarus sleepeth. Now... Uh, scientifically speaking, their hearts had stopped beating they, they were clinically dead But Jesus refers to them not as dead, but sleepeth Remember Stephen, when, when dying from being stoned The Bible said that he what? He fell asleep These are important words They mean a great deal We've talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul would say in verse 51, we shall not all sleep. In other words, we shall not all die. But again, he uses the word sleep. He even says in 1 Thessalonians, speaking of the dead believers, which sleep in Jesus. I heard this, I... Uh, I have no reason to believe it's not true, but it's just some things that I've read and some of my old commentaries that I have. And and I heard that in the early church age and and even on through a couple of centuries that that Christians, Bible-believing Christians, they didn't use the word cemetery as we use it today, but they said sleeping places. And if you look it up, I think in the Greek, that's what cemetery means is sleeping places. You say, okay, preacher, what's the significance of all this? Well, it's a big significance. It shows that the death of a believer is really a time of transition. You know, uh, when we sleep after a long, hard day, what are we doing? Well, we're resting. Why are we resting? To get ready to transition to a reawakening. Amen? Some of you, I think, are doing that now. (laughs) Amen. Or woe is me, right? (laughs) So we sleep... Why do we sleep? Because we know we're going to get up. Amen. Amen. The word death, as I go back to the way that death is handled even among Christians today, the word death for some, it appears to mean the end all of all things. And how sad that is. How sad that is that Bible-believing Christians feel like that, that it's all over. And I weep when I lose a loved one. I just lost my dad recently. I know some of you have lost uh, family members, parents, just recently. And certainly a heartbreak still brings some tears to my eyes at times. But I know he's in heaven. And I know I'm going to be there one day. And I will see him again. Amen. Amen. Hey, you believe that or you don't. And if you believe it, it ought to have some type of effect on your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I tell you, folks, it, it, this, is, this is something that we really need, but I'm afraid the philosophies of the world on handling death have, have created us uh, thinking in ways we ought not think of because the body in the grave is sleeping, so that means it will once again not only get up but be caught up. <laughs> Whoo! Amen. I, I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Again, the word death for some means an end all of all things. It ought not be that way. And I don't know about you. You say, boy, you're talking about death, but but hey, listen, we see it in this light, does it not bring great comfort even when we lose a lost one, lost or even when we lose a loved one to the grave? Amen? I mean, knowing that they are in heaven, amen. And and knowing that if they could come back, they wouldn't want to come back, amen. I mean, that, that's true. That's true. And that ought to bring some joy and comfort in your soul because we're talking about some real things here. This is something that we can count on. Now, one last place, and, and I know I kind of tarried here a little bit, but I really want you to understand some things. Again, doctrine is so important. Go to the book of Luke, chapter 21. Luke, chapter 21, and then after that, I promise we'll be done. But we're doing good. We're, we're, still, we're, still, we're still doing good. Luke, chapter 21, just want to do a little teaching here. You know, sometimes we take things, there are things in the Bible that are, are, you know, we take them figuratively. But I think sometimes, me included, sometimes we see things figuratively when I think we need to see them literally. And this is one of these instances, it may seem like a, a small thing. But I want you to understand about the importance of our body to the Lord. And its connection to the resurrection uh, of our bodies from the grave. And so we're there in Luke chapter 21. Did I say Luke chapter 21? Luke chapter 21. Now notice verse 16. Now Jesus, I'm not going to teach on all this, but he's talking about persecution. Certainly we could think of the tribulation period here. But he's talking about physical persecution. And he says in verse 16, And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Now notice verse 18 but there shall not an hair of your head perish. Now, if we look at that, Jesus said, okay, in verse 16, obviously, he's saying some people will physically die, but in verse 18, he says, not a hair of your head shall perish. So we kind of see what we would probably feel, humanistically speaking, kind of a contradiction. Well, you said, we're going to die, but not a hair on our head is going to perish. Some of you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, you're going to die, but not a hair on your head shall perish. And uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 7, Jesus tells us actually that the hairs of our head are numbered, which really means named. And some of you men can relate to this. You know, I, I don't have near the hair I used to have when I was younger. Now, man, I, I, I've taken this figuratively speaking. Now, listen to me. This is important. So what are we talking about here? Jesus said, even the hairs of your head shall not perish. The only thing he'd be talking about is the redemption of the body. (laughs) Let's let that sink in for just a second. Listen, the devil doesn't even get the hair off your head. Woo! Hey, hey, listen. God values every part of the body. Amen? It's valuable to Him. And death has no victory. Not even the hairs of your head belong to the devil. Amen? Praise the Lord. They belong to God and they'll always be gods. You either believe that this morning or you don't. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Christ... It's an amazing thought. And again, I've looked at these things, maybe figuratively, but I believe we need to take them literally. My hairs may have returned to the dust that have fallen fallen off my head, but the Bible says they're named. Amen. And they will not perish. This is about the resurrection of the body. Amen. Look, the devil doesn't even get the hairs of our head. God does. I say again, there's coming a time in the devil's existence, and I believe it's very close, when he will be completely defeated, but not until the resurrection of the body of men, women, boys, and girls that are saved. How important is understanding the resurrection of the body? I'd say it's pretty important. Amen? Amen. And each time we put a loved one in the grave, we can be reminded... The devil doesn't even get the hairs of our head. God does. The resurrection of man is the undoing, listen, of every work of the devil. Amen. Amen. You know, there's believers out there that whose bodies, maybe because of some bad decisions, are are aching and hurting, and you know, the destruction of the body still goes on today. But if that individual is saved, they'll have a complete redeemed body amen the devil doesn't get any of that isn't that wonderful news that's a doctrinal truth that ought to bring you some great comfort amen that's the truth of the word of god and i end with this question as our pianist comes here's this very simple question do you know him as your savior i'm talking about this jesus that i've preached there's a lot more we could say Do you know Him as your Savior? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died right now, you'd make heaven your home? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died right now, that that old body they might lay in the grave will someday be resurrected, brought back to the soul? Not the body you have now, but a, a, a new body. Amen. What I mean by that, it's your body, but it's been redeemed. Amen. It's been changed, the Bible says, how quick in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? If you don't, or it brings a lot of confusion in your life, here's what I want you to do. When the invitation's given, you just come right down here and get my attention. And I'll be happy to meet you here. We'll get somebody to take the Bible and show you how you can be saved this morning. You say, preacher, I am saved. I believe all of that. Well, maybe I'll just come this morning and just thank him. <laughs> just thank him, amen. You know, our old bodies hurt. You know, sometimes we gimp around and we battle sicknesses and, and surgeries, and crutches, and walkers, and oxygen bottles, you know, I mean, just, just lay it all, you know, amen. The devil doesn't win. <laughs> the devil doesn't win, amen. Hey, listen, even the hairs of your head are not going to perish. You understand what I'm saying? Even the very hairs of your head are not going to perish. They're going to be resurrected along with every other part of your body. Amen. God cares about the body. It's important. That's a biblical doctrinal truth that ought to bring us all great comfort. So let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm going to give a just a quick word of prayer. If God's speaking to your heart this morning, you need to be saved, you come. Or if you just need somebody to pray with you about anything, you just get my attention. I'm right here. You just come and get my attention and we'll get somebody to help you with the Word of God. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life. We thank you for this wonderful truth here. This morning, Father, it was a great truth. I, I know it wasn't deep, but it was just truth, and it was doctrinally correct, Father. We see these things in the Scripture. and ought to leave us all a certain way. And Father, if we're here this morning, we don't know Christ as our Savior, and we're lost and undone. Father, I pray that we would just come and make things right for you, Lord. We also understand that the Bible teaches another wonderful doctrine, and that is the doctrine, Father, of whosoever can be saved Father and that through simple faith and trust in the grace of God that was given some 2,000 years ago whosoever can call upon the name of the Lord and the Bible says they shall it will happen they shall be saved